symbiotic spirituality. Have you ever heard the phrase? I never have. I'd like to take credit for it, but I'm sure someone else came up with it. I want to talk to you today about symbiotic spirituality. What is symbiosis? Anybody know? You probably do. It's a more common expression. Uh, <clears throat> the dictionary defines it as a relationship of mutual benefit. A relationship usually between uh, individuals or things of a different species who live together and derive mutual benefit, usually. In 1877, Albert Bernard Frank used the word first to describe the mutualistic relationship of lichens. Does anyone know, anyone know what lichens are? Lichens is a composite of two organisms, usually a fungus and an algae, who live together and because of their living together sort of creates uh, not a third species, but a different, um, a, a, a different ecosystem just between the two of them. They're called lichens. <clears throat> Prior to that, though, the expression or the word uh, symbiosis was not really a scientific term. It uh, was usually used to describe people living together in community, maybe in a commune, in a region, in an area, quite possibly, I will su uh, subject to you, in a faith community like ours. So I want to talk to you today about symbiotic spirituality. If you brought your Bible, please open it up. We're going to be in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. There's probably a, a Bible in a pew in front of you if you want to take a look. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> the first verses should be in your bulletin, but I'd like for you to follow along with me. We're in 1 Corinthians. And we're going to study or look at a few verses that you've heard before and probably have heard sermons on, but we're going to try to look at it slightly differently today. <clears throat> so let's begin with uh, chapter 12, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians. Follow along with me. And it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Have you heard these phrases before, these verses? You read them? It's included in a chapter that uh, is uh, commonly referred to as the spiritual gifts chapter where the Bible uh, and the writings of Paul describe spiritual gifting. An interesting concept and one that is usually misunderstood, especially by people of churches. But, but today we're going to take a, just, just a small sample of this, of this chapter and take a closer look. I'm, I'm going to read these few verses again, okay? Here we go. <clears throat> there are different kinds of gifts. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. And now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the, anybody? Common good. You notice that there? The common good. This is what I would describe as a symbiotic relationship. So the Bible begins to tell us through the writings of Paul, who's given instructions to the church at Corinth, about the way spirituality works out. Not only in the church setting, in a worship setting, or, or, or in religious circles, but the way spirituality works out in the everyday life of every member of the community. And like I said, you probably read this before and taught or been taught about it. And in the next few verses, uh, the Apostle Paul begins to describe a church as one body with many parts. Uh, you'll see that there in, in, in verse 12, chapter 12. He begins to talk about how there are 
uh, different parts of the body in the same way each of us has been given a function, a role, a, a defining characteristic. But, but before we get there, I want you to take a closer look at this verse right there, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Symbiotic relationships, as I mentioned before, it became a sort of a scientific term. It was used to describe people living in community together, usually for the benefit of the whole. Usually. Now, in, in, in modern-day uh, scientific circles, uh, symbiosis is usually used to describe sort of a relationship out in nature. Mostly scientific, but at times people can use it uh, in psychological evaluations, uh, sociological definitions. But uh, I, I want to draw your attention to just, just a few examples of, of what symbiotic or symbiosis can be. Okay? <clears throat> uh, as I mentioned uh, one of the first uh, or most common expressions of symbiosis is what they call mutualism, like the, um, the fungus and the algae that make lichens. Because they live together and, and, and work together, or what each does contributes to the whole, they, they provide a certain um, benefit to each other that outweighs what they can do on their own. So uh, a mutualism, that's, that's a form of symbiosis, is where both individuals in the relationship benefit, like lichens. Or um, another example would be coral reefs, usually made up of the coral and the algae that live in them. And if you've been on vacation recently, like we have, and got a chance to get into the ocean and see the coral reefs, it's at first a little bit frightening, I'll be honest. It's kind of scary. I'm not a big ocean person. Uh, but then you begin to see sort of the, how intricate this is. It's a living organism, but, but it's, it's, it's the algae and the coral mixed together that create that variety of colors and, and, and this beautiful environment that exists beneath the surface and all the fish that it draws. Um, I, I read about an interesting example about mutualism and symbiosis is the goby fish and the shrimp. Now, like I said, I'm not big on marine life. I've read about this. So uh, this is how their relationship works, a, a relationship between two individuals where each benefits. So the shrimp digs up like a hole in the ground and keeps a little, a little um, cavern clean. And the place that he digs up, the goby fish and the shrimp live in there together. So the fish, I mean, the, the, the shrimp cleans it up, digs it up, maintains the home. But the shrimp is nearly blind. So when he is out of the little hole, he is very um, uh, open to attacks by, by predators. So the goby fish acts as his lookout. So while the shrimp is out of the, little, out of the little home and doing what shrimps do, if the goby fish senses that there is danger with the tip of its tail, it will tap the shrimp, and then they will both scurry back into the hole to safety. So the goby fish acts as the lookout, provides security services, while the shrimp provides maintenance in the home. It's a symbiotic relationship of mutualism. Each of them gain something by their living together in community. So I suggest to you that in some ways, Paul is describing to us here in, in chapter 12 of the book of 1 Corinthians that spirituality for us can be like a symbiotic relationship where each of us benefits. Listen, he says, God, the same God who gives gifts and, and describes service 
this God gives a manifestation of the Spirit to each one. If we continue to read this chapter, he makes it a point for us to understand, and, and we, we just might, he makes it a point for us to understand that in a community of faith like ours, in a body of Christ, God has allowed his Spirit to give a manifestation of the Spirit or to give a gifting or to direct a service or a skill or an ability or a task, a responsibility to each one, every person. And that each of those tasks, when combined, create benefit for the common good, a symbiotic relationship. Something where the Gobi fish doesn't have a clean and safe home without the shrimp, and the shrimp is unprotected without the goby fish. In the same way, the certain gifts that he will begin to describe a little bit later help provide for us a community of faith that is both safe, protected, available, and productive. But sometimes <clears throat> our spirituality, or I should say our spiritual experience, is not like mutualism or mutualistic symbiosis. Sometimes our spirituality is more like commensalism, another form of symbiosis. Let me define this one for you. Uh, commensalism is relationship where one benefits, but the other is not significantly harmed or helped. That is, when one organism is just doing what it does, and the other organism sort of piggybacks on it, but it doesn't either hurt or help. An example of this would be uh, in your backyard. If you walk through, you'll see lots of brushes and plants. And if you look closer, a little spider has built a web between the leaves. Now, that tiny little spider web does not affect the functioning of the plant. It doesn't contribute to its growth, nor does it hinder it. But the plant and its varied leaves creates a, a, a variety of places where the little spider can create an anchor and provide a wider net to catch its prey. So in a way, the little spider is deriving lots of benefits from the plant, but the plant is neither being hurt nor helped. I suggest to you that sometimes our spirituality is more like that that kind of symbiotic relationship where a number of us participate in the religious experience, whether it's by coming to church or attending a service or attending an event, and we are blessed. Things are being contributed to us. We are encouraged, but we are neither hurting nor helping the others in the organism. Now, what would that look like? I don't know. I don't think you have to be too creative to figure this out, though. But in a community of faith, the Bible suggests that to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given, and that every manifestation is given for the common good. So the question you have to ask yourself as you're understanding and taking a look at your own spirituality is, is what God has given me, am I contributing that for the common good, or am I just spreading out my web to catch the blessings, but neither hurting nor helping the rest? Something to consider. Another <clears throat> symbiotic relationship that occurs out in nature and one that might even be a more incisive definition or uh, I should say uh, example of spirituality that you might have experienced or maybe are currently going through is called 
parasitism. And like the word, it describes a relationship where one benefits and the other is harmed. Most biological organisms, including yourself, have gone through a phase where you are participated <laughs> in parasitism or, it's, or as, a, as a parasite yourself or as someone who is being um, harmed. Think about it. When you, uh, um, uh, when you have pets in a house, pets have fleas. And the fleas don't do anything to benefit the pets. They just hurt him or her. Uh, but the fleas depend solely on the host. Or, or, or if you've ever been out in the backwoods someplace and you've gotten mites, um, any of these uh, parasites <clears throat> have taken advantage of you uh, and have taken nutrients from you and have caused you harm and pain and, and a lot of itching, but you have derived no benefit from them. In fact, they're hurting you. And I suggest to you that the Apostle Paul, when he's describing the gifts and the works of service and the manifestations of the Spirit, did not intend for us to have a spirituality that's defined by this kind of symbiosis, parasitism. And yet, and yet, it seems to exist even amongst our own faith community where there are those who want to participate by soaking it up, taking the blessings, but instead contribute nothing of value and only create discord, conflict, criticism. That is what you would call a spiritual parasite. Someone who comes to church and derives the benefit of being in the community of blessing, wants to be prayed over, but never ever contributes. And given the chance, will suck the life away with their doubts, criticism, and lack of support. Is that the kind of spirituality that has defined your experience? Paul says that there are different kinds of gifts, but that God is the one who gives them. And that there are different kinds of service, but that God is the one who calls those out of us. And that there are different kinds of working, but God is involved in all those. And that there are different manifestations of the Spirit, and that each one of us has been given something for the common good. Let's keep going. Verse 8, chapter 12. To one... There is given through the Spirit the, the message of wisdom. Wisdom. This person is able to distill, understand, capture concepts, learn from experiences, and be able to pass on this knowledge. He says, but to another, uh, there is the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, the measure of faith. Someone with a gift of faith, the ability of faith, is someone who can believe and continue to move forward in the belief that it will happen, that God will provide, even when others doubt. And to another, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between the spirits, different kinds of tongues, an interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as God determines. This is biblical teaching. The God has, when he brought us together as a community, through his Holy Spirit, given each and every one of you a measure of the Spirit, an ability. Now, you've probably heard some teaching, and we've done it here before, about the spiritual gifts. Oftentimes, people think that spiritual gifts is limited to a handful of things. But the Bible will delineate at least 27 different kinds of spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are not like uh, skills or abilities that you can, you know, make money on and harness out in the world. Spiritual gifts are only gifts when they serve to contribute to the common good of the community. I'll give you an example. There are some who have the gift of teaching, but are not necessarily teachers by profession. 
their teaching ability can only be harnessed within the community of faith. There are some who have the gift of exhortation. That means they know how to use words to, to, to counsel, to advise, to comfort. But they're not making a living as public speakers. Each of these gifts is given for the building up, Paul will say, for the building up of the body. So he continues and he says, the body is a unit. Verse 12, chapter 12. That was made up of many parts. Different parts, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized into one spirit, into one body, whether Jew, Greek, slave, free, and we were all given the spirit. Now, is, now the body is made up of one part, not of one part, but many. And the foot, if the foot should say, because I, do, I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. Paul goes on to say that each one of you has a role to play, a function like a body part or a gifting or a calling or a purpose. And each of these things that you have been given are meant for the common good of the whole. But here's what I'm trying to get at when I talk about symbiotic spirituality. You will not derive the blessing that God intended for you to receive unless you contribute to the common good. You cannot and we cannot become the kind of lichens that God would want us to be unless each one of us is bringing in our piece of the puzzle. I like the symbiosis and lichens. I, I didn't know about them before. I studied it a little bit here in preparation. And I found that, that the morphology, the, the, the way they live, the places they can exist, changes when they're independently, fungus and algae, as opposed to when they're together. When the fungus and the algae, pick whichever one you want to be, when they come together, they, they, they create this, this ability to exist in the hardiest places on earth. They can live and come up in the Arctic tundra. They can rise up in hot deserts. They can even come to life in the middle of toxic slag heaps. See, what Paul's trying to tell us here is in the world that we live in, yes, this world full of toxicity, this world full of danger, physical, emotional, financial, you trying to survive out there on your own by just sucking from the life of the church you will not be as hardy or as successful or as long-lasting as when you give to the church and receive to the church. As when you work together with those that God has called you to live in community with. The way to survive your everyday life is not just to come and get so I can go. The way to survive your everyday life is to come and bring because when you bring together each piece given for the common good, we create a spirituality, a symbiotic spirituality that's more like the lichens with the ability to survive even in the most difficult climates and situations. Why am I telling you all this? This uh, day is uh, a symbol for us. We conclude our summer servathon series. And during the summer, if you've gotten the chance um, you may have participated in the different opportunities that, that, that we, um, uh, with the help of Susana Young, put together, including helping out the San Diego Rescue Mission, the food bank, uh, donating to the uh, Monarch School for the Homeless, um, obviously tomorrow down at the beach for the cleanup. But throughout the course of this year, if you've uh, 
just been aware, we've had several different opportunities for people in our community, in our faith community, to interact with the outside community, which we call service opportunities. But not everyone has the gift of service. Not everyone has the gift of helps, the ability to just kind of work behind the scenes and do unto others. Although God has called us to, to love our neighbor as ourselves, not everyone has that special gift. There are others in our community whose gifting is different. Maybe can't, they can't do the physicality of the service, but, but they can be in prayer, and they have the gift of faith or intercession. But everyone that goes out to serve, everyone that goes out to, to complete a task, can only accomplish so much unless those who have the gift of intercession are interceding for them while they're serving. Do you understand? Every gift that you exhibit, that you have, can only accomplish so much unless the rest of us who have been given other gifts work in conjunction with you and that we work in conjunction with each other. And I want to suggest to you that a symbiotic spirituality is one that continues to give itself life. Without the different pieces of you, the puzzle coming together, what ends up happening is our spirituality only drains us. Without the benefit of those who have the gift of encouragement, the gift of helps, the gift of prayer, without the, the support of those people who have the gift of generosity, who give financially, then those people who are out there just serving eventually get tired and worn out and discouraged. Without some of you who are not teachers, but giving your support, your encouragement, maybe your finances on behalf of the teachers, the teachers eventually just get burnt And in an everyday world, and in an everyday life, spirituality can just be the leftovers. But God did not intend for that. That's why the Apostle Paul says, God gave you each a piece, but it's supposed to come together for the common good. And when it does come together, you're able to do things like the lichens that would not be possible for you to do on your own. Without the blessing of those that lead us in worship, we would not have the strength. But without the participation, the affirmation, and the help of the people behind the scenes, those who lead us in worship could not do what they do. You see? So what I need you to consider and myself to consider is what's my piece? What's my part? What's my gift? What is my purpose? What did I get called to do? And am I contributing? Or maybe, maybe I'm just like the spider trying to get benefits from the whole. I'm not hurting the church, but I'm not helping either. I'm trying to get something from the leaders or the teachers, but I'm not really contributing anything either. Or worse yet, maybe you're just here to suck the life out of what we're doing. Parasitic spirituality. I want to challenge you and myself to really look in the mirror and to ask God that serious question. What has God given me to do? Now, I know that there's a lot of reasons for you to discount the things that God is telling you. You might say, oh, there's already a lot of people doing what I can do. Oh, they don't really need me. Who am I? I'm insignificant. But that is not what the Word of God says. The, God, the Word of God says to 
each one. That includes you, every single person who's hearing the sound of my voice, whether you are young or not so young, whether you are new or been here a long time. It doesn't matter to each one. The Word of God says, God has given a manifestation of His Spirit for the common good. Every one of you, whether you're serving out there in here, whether it's here in the church or representing us in your home or in your business community, whether it's through active physical service or deep spiritual reflection, you have something to give and you need to challenge yourself and ask yourself whether or not you are. For God intends for us to have a symbiotic spirituality whereby I grow as everyone else grows, whereby I am strengthened by everyone else who gives and as I give in return.